wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, it's Pastor Will here in the studio, uh, pastor of the Paravista and the Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in Adelaide. And uh, we want to welcome you to our brand new show for today and we kick off a new theme this week here on Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. And so, so delighted to have you tuning in today wherever you may find yourself today, whether you're driving in the car or you're listening to this at home, wherever you are getting our program today, we want to say thank you. Uh, and we th- praise, we praise God and we hope that you have a lovely time with us. So, uh, kicking off a new theme this week. Our theme is privilege to share. And, um, in the studio, I have with me Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. So, uh, Pastor Brenton, welcome into the studio today. Nice to be back. <laughs> now, you were telling me you had a very busy weekend. Uh, fairly busy. Um, the weekend before was even more busy. We were away over in the Eastern States at a homecoming reunion. And, right. uh, there was about, 800,000 people there, I suppose, and um, in total, including those who are at church and those of us who are there for homecoming. Wonderful weekend. The music, uh, Will, was fantastic. I mean, when you got a full symphony orchestra and you got the Avondale University Church with its tall roof and uh, it's acoustically set up well, it's beautiful to sing in there and to praise the Lord. uh, Wow. (laughs) That describes it pretty well, I think. Wow. Praise God. Really um, good. So today, Pastor Brendan, we're going to be um, sharing with our listeners today, um, we're introducing the brand new theme, which is a privilege to share. And essentially what we're doing in t- today and with our team for the rest of the week, uh, Pastor Brendan, we're, we're looking at, um, well, what we have, what we commonly call within our faith group, we, this is what we call our week of prayer. Mm. And yes. so essentially what we're doing is basically sharing some some ideas and some things out of the week of prayer and uh, our team, we're going to be kind of walking through um, this material. In the next few uh, evenings. Yeah. yeah. So um, looking forward to that, Brenton, and I'm glad that you're going to be sharing with our listeners today. And so um, we want to, again, want to say welcome to you, um, wherever you're listening in from today, here on Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. And so essentially we're going to be talking about prayer and this idea of connecting with God. And so um, looking forward to the rest of our speakers and our presenters uh, joining in uh, during the course of this week. And so before we dive in, um, we got, I'd just like to share a bit of an article uh, during our World Watch segment. And um, Brendan, I'm, I'm basically going to read a bit of this and then um, yeah, I'd love an to hear. interesting article. Yeah, so I'm going to love to hear some of your comments here. Sure. And um, got this article off the amazingfacts.org um, website, and they have a event. As Amazing Facts is a Christian media ministry, and um, they have a, a blog uh, section. And I li- really like these. This They're section. interesting, aren't they? So they're always well. sharing some contemporary yeah. um, situations, some mm-hmm. some story that's kind of uh, making the head waves, and um, yeah, they're putting a. a bit of a perspective on it through the lens of scripture. So here we go. So the article is entitled, now it's not really close to home here in Brendan, but it's dealing with, well the title is called Maui on Fire. It's a dreadful tragedy yeah. that's taken place yeah. in the last two weeks or so. Yeah, it? definitely. Yeah, and so, weeks. Yeah, I've been catching a little bit of it, um, what I've seen on, on the news with um, the yep. devastation there in yep. uh, in Hawaii. And so, so here is uh, Richard Young posted this article uh, a couple of weeks back. 
And uh, the article's entitled Maui on Fire, an Apocalypse in Paradise. What thoughts came to your mind when you saw the shocking images of Maui on fire? And as you watch the videos of people scrambling into dangerous, turbulent ocean waters to get away from the deadly flames racing across the island. And what did you think about the scenes from the aftermath? The burnt out homes, the scorched cars abandoned in the middle of the street. They all seemed straight out of a Hollywood disaster film. And at first you may have mistakenly thought it was the result of yet another bombing in in Ukraine. (laughs) (laughs) Others may have thought of the Bible's apocalypse. As of this writing, 114 lives have been confirmed lost, making it the deadliest wildfire in America in a century. More than a 1,000 people remain missing. The magnitude of this crisis is unprecedented. But how did it happen, and what should it teach us about the world in which we live? Wildfires have been in the news a lot lately, with those huge Canadian forest fires still yes, burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah more recently. Yeah. yeah. Fires in Washington State have caused even more destruction and loss of life. However, most people don't think of wildfires when they think of Hawaii. Instead, they think of lush tropical jungles, humidity and rain. In fact, the Big Island gets some of the heaviest rainfall in the U.S. Uh, One town on Kauai, quote, gets the prize for being the second wettest spot on Earth, receiving more than 460 inches of rain per year. Thus, many were understandably stunned to learn about these wildfires including the island's own emergency officials. Uh, according to a newslet, news outlet, quote, when Hawaii officials released a report last year ranking the natural disasters most likely to threaten state residents, tsunamis, earthquakes, and volcanic hazards yeah. featured prominently. Near the bottom of color-coded chart, the state emergency management agency described the risk of wildfires to human life within with a single word, low. So what happened? And one factor seems to loom largest, Wind, lots of it, generated by Hurricane Dora, which formed over Mexico and travelled thousands of miles across the Pacific. Though never coming closer than 500 miles to the Hawaiian Islands, winds gusted to more than 80 miles per hour across Ooh, Maui. That's, uh, that's well, 100 and something Ks. 130 kilometres. Yeah. Wow. Now. So very strong. Mm. Combining those winds with hot temperatures, a dry summer, and massive amounts of nonative, highly combustible yes. grasses. Yeah. Um, created an extremely volatile situation. Um, along, So here's the damage assessment part. It says, along with the tragic loss of life, structural losses are also unprecedented. Early estimates of property damage hover around $5 billion. Wow. Lahaina, or Lahaina, I think, a popular tourist spot featuring yes. restaurants, yes, cafes. That, that was on TV. Yeah, that, that was on TV. I remember TV, yeah. seeing that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it says here, speaking about this... Um, this tourist spot, it says uh, it was utterly devastated. With over a thousand-year history, Lahaina, I think, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, it served as the Kingdom of Hawaii's capital from 1820 That's to right. 1845. Yeah, yeah. And it was um, this front street, it was ranked as one of the top 10 greatest streets by the American Planning Association. Uh-huh. Visitors and locals alike enjoyed quiet, relaxing strolls as well as breaks and events under the massive banyan tree located in the town square. So I'll just forward it. It says here, the bigger picture. So with so much wealth, industry, and power, how could this happen in the U.S.? The Bible is clear. None of these things can fully protect us from the winds of strife in a fallen world, a planet immersed in a cosmic battle between good and evil. Revelation 12 warns us that such disasters are often the result of Jesus Christ's enemy. There's a quote here saying, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, in Revelation 12, and the sea, 
for the devil has come, has come down, down to you, you having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. In this light, the Maui fire serves as a symbol and warning for the good, the bad, the Christian, and the atheist. The man Job was righteous. God said that he, quote, was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. But calamity struck him and his family when Satan attacked him overnight. It, attacked him, full stop, sorry. Overnight, it was hellfire on earth for Job. How many people in Maui woke up that morning and expected by the next one to be homeless or mourning the dead? Who among us hasn't learned that life on earth is lived on a precipice and you never know when you will go over the edge? But as he draws to a close here, Richard, in the article, but we have good news, Jesus. Because of what he did at the first coming, we can have hope that regardless of what happens to us here and now, he will one day return to give his people, quote, a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, 2 Peter 3. Notice where righteousness dwells, not where not here. wildfires, wars, sickness, and death dwell. Yes. And um, he ends on Revelation 21 where there is a quote saying that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Yeah. So Richard in the article, um, Pastor Brennan, he's you know, obviously drawing on, I guess, the devastation of the, Hawaii, you know, the wildfires there in Hawaii, but brings it to... What does the Bible say? And yeah. so it's a good way to bring it, but I want, want to touch on yeah. one thing that um, our listeners probably would remember and you would too. I yeah. Think. One night when I was watching, I believe it was at the time where the, the fires had devastated this street that you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and these so called cultural heritage, what we would call right. heritage buildings today here in South Australia. Yeah. Um, Locals who had escaped the fires, who had lost their homes, what was, if I can use a common term, freaking them out, was the fact that holiday makers, tourists, were swimming at the beach very next day. Wow. The houses behind them are still smoking. Um, some yeah. of them have stopped, and uh, these people have lost their homes. Some of them have lost loved ones. They've lost their possessions. They've lost everything. And there are a number of people on TV who are saying, I don't just get it. These people are still turning up. Yeah. They're tourists. They're turning up back at the beach again. Oh, another day in paradise. Oh, yeah. a bit black behind very... Let's get in the water and yeah. swim. Let's enjoy ourselves. Yeah. That's what we're here for. I wonder if there's a metaphor in there. What do you reckon yeah. about the way the world approaches things? We're coming to the end of this world. We've, we've done enough on these programs here on yeah. Faith FM Drive Time to alert people to the fact that the end of all things is coming pretty quickly, but are we adopting the same sort of attitude yeah. as these holiday makers? Hey, guys, we're here for a holiday, you know. Sorry about your loss, but, yeah. you know, well, we're here to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wonder whether there's that sense of, oh, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you'll yeah. be right. And uh, these people are saying, what is it with these people? We've lost everything. I've lost family. I've lost everything I've got. And what are they doing? They're swimming. Yeah. It's a really very, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't seem like the most appropriate response for a country that's in Uh, devastation and mourning. It's not the appropriate response. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I think we'll just before we move on, um, I just wanted to acknowledge, I think more recent uh, statistics are showing that you know, at least 115 people have died. That's a lot. And, um, you know, they 
they've publicly identified some 40-something who've died in the blaze. So obviously there's a lot of uh, displacement. There's Obviously there are families that are mourning here. I guess probably just wanted to just acknowledge um, those families and those who are really in the thick of it over there in Hawaii, you know, people who've lost their homes and just the devastation that's happening there. Although it's a, a, it seems like a world away from where we are here in Australia, uh, Brendan, we can certainly just, you know, we can keep our thoughts in prayers yeah. with the with the huge effort that's there to rebuild that um, the place there in Hawaii. It's, and, it's um, going to take years. Yeah. You, you just think about the Russian-Ukraine war for a minute, not that we're on that subject today, but... When it does eventually come to a conclusion, think about these poor people, how long it's going to take to restore everything that's been bombed, obliterated. Um, some people's lives will never return to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever normal yeah. is. <laughs> Whatever that, normal yeah. was before is not what normal is now, and it's not what normal is going to be in the future yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you for your comments, Pastor Brennan. And um, yeah, I'd love to just to want to. Just to acknowledge um, sure. the devastation that's happening there. Yeah. We, we just want to really just keep them in our prayers, and especially those who have lost loved ones, those family and friends and relatives who unfortunately have either been missing or they've lost a life. Yes. I really, really do uplift them in prayer at this hour as well. Um, so we're just going to go to our, our book offer for today. Uh, uh, Brennan, before one, we go to it's some music, one. and then we'll <laughs> jump right into our conversation today. Uh, seeing as the uh, the theme is on prayer uh, and this week of prayer, as we like to call it within our faith group, um, there is a fantastic book that we'd like to uh, promote today and for the rest of the week, actually. And it's the book entitled The Incredible Power of Prayer by author Roger J. Monod. And I, I know you're aware of this uh I've read particular book. book. I, 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 would, I would second what you're saying. Yeah. Please, folk, send in for this book. Yeah. This, so this book. if you haven't heard of um, Roger, Roger Monod and, and yeah. some of his uh, books, he's written a number of books, but this book here, if you want to see the power of God at work, especially against the powers of evil and darkness, you have to get a hold of this book. And look, uh, we'd like to promote that at this very moment. Please, um, the book is called The Incredible Power of Prayer. Every year, Roger Monod receives thousands of calls and letters requesting intercessory prayer. And in this book, he shares God's amazing answers and shows how you too can take hold of the incredible power of prayer. And so, hey, for you, our loyal listeners, hey, if you'd like a free copy, please text the code here into the studio, which is SA134. SA134. You need to text that code here into the studio, 04888-80811. That's SA134. That's the code to 04888-80811. I guarantee you, if you get this copy, you're, you will be amazed at the power of God. And it's, it's an inspiring book. You, you will love this book. And you can even, you know, take, get one for yourself and, you know, you can share it with your friends as well. So, um, we'll, pro- we'll plug the book one more time uh, towards the latter half of the show. But, uh, for now, we're going to go to some music and we'll be back in just a moment. You listen to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That was Anthem Lights with the Doxology. That was, I love that song. That was a good one. Yeah, pretty powerful song there. So uh, if you just joined us, this is uh, Pastors Will and Pastor Brandon here in the studio today uh, for Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. And uh, we just promoted our book offer, Incredible Power Prayer. We'll plug it one more time towards uh, just in a moment. But uh, we're going to introduce our topic today. And so our theme for this week, actually, uh, Pastor Brandon, is privilege to share, which we're actually... Reading through what we call within our faith, it's called the week of the prayer. Week of prayer reading. So, yep. just if you're a bit new to this, so within our faith tradition, the the Adventist Church, all across the world, all churches Doing have up. designated this week, September two to nine, as our annual week of prayer. And so, um, we get a, a week of prayer readings, and and we would and love theme, to share that. And we have a theme, yes. Yep. And thanks for uh, sharing that, Pastor Brandon. So, our theme for the 2023. Uh, World Week of Prayer reading is Be His Witness. And so, Pastor Brendan, we get the privilege of, I guess, opening up the uh, the first installment, as it were. Um, we're the trail bearers, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. And we've got, we've got orders from the higher ups, not, not to just read word for word verbatim. If Gary, no, our no, good, no, our no, good no. leader, our fearless leader is listening in. But, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear some of the points that you're going to sure, bring out. Sure. So yeah. walk us through this idea of, um, be his witness. Be his witness. And I know that today's content is focusing on a, a particular yeah. person. And, uh, you're also sharing off, off the air, Brendan, obviously, as you were reading it, there's all these host a lot of, of things connected points that yeah, you want to kind of add as well. So yeah. go ahead, Pastor yeah. Brendan. Okay. Can I say that what we're going to be sharing today is on a person that we have shared, Will, in the past on uh, Faith of Him Drive Time, a guy by the name of Joseph. Remember we said the topic was be his witness. Now, the word witness is an interesting one. I was sharing with you off air that the most effective witnesses in the Bible that I have found yep. have been solo witnesses, Yeah, often in, shall we say, unusual, troublous, or even difficult times. And Joseph fits that category personally. 
just to give you an idea, when I mention the word witness, people who are listening to our uh, program this afternoon, they, they're probably thinking, oh, that means I have to go bang on someone's door and give them a Bible study or give them a book or something of that nature. This morning, my wife and I came home from, um, yeah, from a church meeting <coughs> and, uh, we get to our house and there's two gentlemen walking along one side of the street oh, yeah. and two gentlemen walking on the other side of the street. I said to my wife, I think I know who they are and their uh, surname is Witness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in some people's minds, that what that's what witnessing actually is. Jesus actually said to his disciples when he went back to heaven, he said, you will be my witnesses, as you know, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the utmost parts of the earth. So really what we're going to touch on this week is we're going to highlight various characters from the Bible. Right. Those who are on tomorrow will touch on another person, but today we're going to look at Joseph as a witness. Now, I think most of us would agree that Joseph certainly fits the category of a person who witnessed under difficult or trying circumstances. Um, just just to get the conversation going, Will, do you know what uh, the name Joseph means? Joseph. You yeah, got me there. I've got you there, haven't I? I should know because it means Jehovah shall add. Okay. Jehovah shall add. Jehovah shall add. So the name Joseph, for any of you out there who are called Joseph, <laughs> the name means. I should know this, Pastor Bering, because <laughs> yeah. it's, my, it's my dad's name. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Serious? Yeah. Joseph. Joseph. Oh. And wow. actually, my um, okay. my nephew, my my brother's son, he was yeah named after my father. Okay. But one of my former church members in the southeast is named Joseph. Yeah. So yeah, there's a few of them around. Anyway, it means um, so the Jehovah, Jehovah shall, shall add. add. Right. Jehovah shall okay. add. Okay. Who was Joseph? Well, many of you listening will probably know who Joseph is and go, oh yeah, we know all this. But <laughs> let me refresh you on a few things. He was the first son of his favourite wife, Rachel. And what's interesting about Joseph is that um, when he was born, and I don't know, this is an interesting thing, Will, that tells us a little bit, I guess, about the way he was able to hold up as a witness during what was lying yeah. before him. His grandfather, Isaac, was still alive. When Joseph was 12, Isaac was 163. Wow. His father Jacob was 103. Now, Man. as we know in the story, at 17 years of age, he was sent, sold as a slave. That means that Isaac, who lived to the age of 180, yeah. still had 12 years of life left when Joseph was sold as a slave. Um, I don't know how many people know that. It, it's interesting from the point of view of the fact that <clears throat> here we have a boy who some people say he was a spoiled brat. Now, <laughs> can I say this? Kids don't become, kids are not born spoiled. They become spoiled. And the spoiling usually takes place because of a parent or parents who favour somebody. And in this particular case, uh, Joseph was favoured because, as I say, he was the first son of Jacob's favourite wife, Rachel. Also, he was, we would describe him today as a dobber. Yeah. He had some half-brothers. 
that he used to tend the sheep with and he used to tell dad what they were up to when they were doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And uh, some would call him a telltale or a goody two-shoes or whatever. <laughs> but I think basically if you try and break down his story into a human interest um, side, I don't believe Joseph was a bad person. I believe he was a good person. Mm. He used to go and sit at his grandfather's knee. Isaac, can, can you imagine some of the stories Isaac told him? such as how Isaac nearly became a sacrifice, God will provide, and all this type of thing. His grandfather was blind by now, and um, Joseph used to come and sit and talk to his grandfather, and his grandfather used to share this stuff with him. What I've done today for our study period is divide his witnessing into four categories, at home, in Potiphar's house, uh, and also in... uh, the palace of Pharaoh, uh, that's three. So we'll, we'll stick with yeah. three. Um, how did he witness at home? Well, I think when he had his dreams, we know what the Bible says in Exodus, in Genesis 37. <coughs> Pardon me. It actually says that his brothers hated him and could not say a good word yep. to him. So <coughs> here he is. I believe he basically was a good boy. I believe that he was devoted to the Lord. Yep. His brothers and half-brothers, they were um, they did more than dislike him. It says the Bible says they hated him and could not say a good word to him. So his witness in that household was probably limited because the purity of his life compared with what they were up to is yeah, very a bit stark. of a contrast. And you know what? In today's society, witnessing as we understand it, or even as some of our listeners may be thinking about as we're talking today, witnessing the difference between following Jesus today and being true to him in all circumstances is a mighty difference between that and the way the world operates. If you're in a work environment, a sports environment, a teaching or... um, ecclesiastical environment or any other type of environment, um, if you are following the Lord and faithful to him and everything, the the starkness between your position and the position of other people is going to become apparent. You won't actually need to say anything. It will be pers- it will be very, very obvious. And I think this is the situation with right. dear old Joseph. Anyway, to cut the story short, his brothers want to kill him. One of them says, no, don't do that. Throw him in a pit. Along comes the Ishmael traders or Ishmaelite traders and they sell him as a slave to uh, Egypt. And he gets sold to, guess who? Potiphar, a guy called Potiphar, who was the captain of Pharaoh's guard. In other words, he had a pretty important position. Yeah. Now, when you get to that situation, here is a young man, 17 years of age, He is in a strange country with people who don't speak his language and a little bit of research today, Will, (laughs) told me some interesting facts. The Egyptians of the time of Joseph worshipped in total some 1,400 gods. We always thought there was a few. I've got a book on Egyptian gods at home because I've been to Egypt. Right. But uh, that only has about 35 in there. But... uh, their gods were interesting. They were a combination of human and animal. Okay. So here is a young man who's been 
is a slave. He has no rights and he's, as it were, parachuted into the household of Potiphar as a slave, which means he's got no rights whatsoever. He does what he's told and eventually he works his way up. And the Bible says that God was with Joseph. Yeah. So the witnessing is interesting because here you have an example of a young man who's all alone. He has no support base. Now, witnessing... And the reason why he has no support? Because yeah. he's been... He's, he left it, his father's house and... He's gone. Yeah. He can't, he can't ring dad and say, hey, dad, I need someone to pray for me. <laughs> he hasn't got any support yeah. at all. Um, his family, as far as he's concerned, they're... Their past history. Yeah. Here he is in a strange country, the greatest, might I add, the greatest country on earth at the time. Yeah. Who worshipped foreign gods, who had a totally different religion, totally different language, totally different lifestyle, totally different dress, totally dr- different right. everything. Now, here, here is this guy, and uh, he's, he's got two choices. Either blend in with what's going on around you, you know, when in yeah. Rome, yeah. there was the there, Romans, there are the Romans there, yeah. or be true to God. And it's interesting that um, in the Bible, in the, the chapters that deal with Joseph's life, between about Genesis 37 and about Genesis 45, it, it <clears throat> tells us that um, <clears throat> verse 3, I'm going to read of chapter 39, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Now, that might seem like a fairly innocuous statement to yeah. you and I. It's actually a very powerful witness. Here is a heathen um, gentleman, Potiphar, with this slave, and he, he notices over a period, this didn't happen over a week or two weeks, probably happened over a period of years. Yeah. But here he notices that everything this slave does is positive. Yeah. To his benefit, Potiphar's. And that whatever being this guy serves is obviously blessing him. And uh, I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on that? I mean, I was just reflecting on, I guess, why the story of Joseph is so powerful because at some point point in his, as he's being led away as a slave to Egypt, like I love how you mentioned, Brendan, he could have had two choices how he responded. He could have just you know, threw in the proverbial bucket and just say, you know what, God's left me and what hope is there, you know, I'm away from my family. What use is there to serve God? And yet somehow he resolves in his mind to serve God. And I think that's why this is such a timeless story because it speaks about this is what it looks like to be faithful to God. Yeah. And that's under, what our topic the, under the most extreme yeah, circumstances. Yeah, and exactly just to add to that, not not being faithful to God when everything's going well is one no. thing, but to to <laughs> serve God thing. when you're basically, you know, being, you know, in a foreign land in a foreign country away from your family, I think that's what's so powerful about this story, and and that's what essentially what we're talking about. Uh, I don't think if I really reiterated our our topic today, but it's actually witnessing in times of personal struggle. Well, he and, was certainly and in that. and in this story, <laughs> I mean, you can't get any better than. I mean, this is one of the stories, as we know, Pastor Brennan, that 
that when Christians think about the faithful men and women of Scripture, th- this story, Joseph, oh, he's always high. He's always list. near the top he's of the list. Near the top there, and yeah. I think reason because it's it's easy kind to kind of visualize. Like there's the family yes. dynamic. Yeah, it's a very visual story that you read in a in a foreign land. It's it's not something super theoretical. It's no, something no. you can really go wow, it's almost like practical. a story. It's very practical. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think by way of contrast with yeah. the twelve disciples. Disciples that Christ had. Yeah. Now, admittedly, there's only twelve of them. I think I said to you earlier on that the greatest witnesses, some of the greatest witnesses, maybe I should qualify that remark. Some of the greatest witnesses in the Bible are solo witnesses where they are in very difficult circumstances, and Joseph fits that bill completely. So here you have this young man. He spends thirteen years. No, no, eleven years. <laughs> 11 years in his master's employ, he rises to the position of overseer. Again, the Bible says that it got to the point where Potiphar basically made him his business manager. All Potiphar concerned himself with, according to Scripture, was what he ate, Yeah, what was placed on the table. Everything else he left to Joseph. Now, just think about that for a minute. What sort of witness is that? He's gone from being a slave along with other slaves. And here's an interesting point about the story of Joseph that we sometimes miss. (laughs) And that is this. When Joseph eventually became prime minister of Egypt, what relationship had he had with the people of Egypt? He'd worked with slaves because he was a slave himself. He'd been a prisoner in jail with other prisoners. Yeah, And he had been with Potiphar, who was a high-ranking official. He had covered all the all strata this. of Egyptian society before he became Prime Minister of Egypt. He was able to relate to all the different yeah. socioeconomic groups that were found in uh, Egypt in those yeah. days. It's almost as if, though, God, this was God's kind of training ground, as it were. Oh, look, you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly (laughs) what it was. It was God's training ground. But look at it from the point of view, you're saying to yourself, look, it would be much easier for me just to blend in with them. You know, if they worship the gods, I'll go along and worship them as well. Whatever they eat, I'll do that as well. We haven't even discussed the issue of food. Yeah. I mean, in Daniel's case, we know the story of Daniel. He determined he wasn't going to eat what was provided for him, which was Michelin five-star food. It came yeah. direct from the king's table. So, it Brendan, hit- you know, because you, you you basically um, walked us through the story of Joseph in to quite succinctly so to, yeah. to the very act that he's in the Potiphar's um, house. Yeah, in the house as a servant. And I just want to remind our our listeners out there, that if you really want to dive a little bit deeper into this story, you you find it in the first book of the Bible called Genesis, uh, chapters thirty-seven to fifty. So quite a quite a good chunk of the the last section of the book of Genesis is devoted yeah. to this very story. Can I give a plug for what? You yeah, yeah. Go I ahead. About the other. Yeah, book. sure. I've actually got the book here with me in the studio today. Okay. Um, no, I'm not going to open yeah. the bag and pull it out. But I have got the book here. It's called uh, called God Sent a Man. Oh yes, by Carlisle B. Haynes. H a y n e s. Anybody who's listening who wants to really get down to the nuts right. and bolts of Joseph's life, buy this book. You can get it from an Adventist book centre. Yeah. Hey, Brendan, before we keep going, because we've got about another five or so yes. minutes, and we'll go to yes. another break. Sure. If, if I just hit the pause button on what you're saying. Um, because we're talking today about witnessing during times of struggle. I'm just wondering, up to where we are now in the story, and we've probably already said it in some way or another, but can you just articulate to our listeners, what's 
what's Joseph going through at this very moment, serving as a servant? What are the things that he's dealing with? What's his struggle um, at that very particular moment? And I guess I'm trying to lean towards more of a, um, in some ways, this is an ancient story, but it still has relevance for our listeners today and for Christians that have been looking to this story. So can you just walk through just a couple of things? I'll, that- I'll try and do that a little bit. Um, as I said earlier on in uh, when we first started yeah. this discussion, Will, he had no support base. Okay, so so his family. So there, the first there was a, thing he, is yeah. his family. If he'd been home, he's got his father, Jacob, who's a yeah. God-fearing man. His mother is dead. Rachel's dead now yeah. for some time. He's got a younger brother called Benjamin. So he has got at least some support base. Yeah. And if he'd still been home, his grandfather, Isaac, was still alive right. till Joseph was nearly 30 years of age. <laughs> so here... Um, he's got that support base. Here he is in Egypt, in Potiphar's household. He's got no support. He's got no spiritual support. Think about it for a minute. What am I going to do? It's, 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 it comes down to my relationship between me and God. There is no in-betweens. Yeah. There is no, as I say, support mechanism, no support base. It's just God and I. Yeah. Am I going to be true to God or, or not? Yeah. And he's facing this for 10 years. Wow. Every single day for 10 years. Am I going to be faithful to God? I can imagine he prayed many, many times and said, Lord, what am I doing here in the first place? I don't deserve this. Why am I here? Yeah. And so <laughs> he probably never thought about witnessing. I, I think his mind would have been simply, God, I don't deserve this. Why am I here? Yeah. But you must have a greater purpose for me. Yeah. And this is the story. Um, someone put it this way, and it's found in the book, uh, God Sent a Man. God will see to it. This yeah, word comes through time God. and time again in this book. Uh, God will see to it. Brendan, I, ju- I just <laughs> wanted you to bring that out. And I love what you're sharing because I think there is a, there's definitely a, I think to me, that's the, that's the application that, that's the connecting point between Joseph's story and ours is that, Okay, that this was his story and his family, and for for us in the studio, yes. we all have quote unquote dysfunctional families, and he came to some from a degree, yeah, family. definitely Joseph did. Seriously, and I think for many of us today, or I can't think of anyone that really would have any type of perfect family. I mean, sure. I guess I'm just trying to draw that connection yeah, that uh, that there are hey hey, there's things that we go through um, that. In our family, it may not always, there may be, yeah, whatever that is, but I'm just saying like in families, there's, it's always messy. There's always, um, things that have happened in our past. And, yeah. and even currently, there, there may be family dynamics that Do you siblings think it has don't a get. Personal application oh, in our families. Oh, definitely. Where, where you have to stand alone yeah. for the Lord in your own yeah. family. Yeah. When others are falling away, yeah, I just wonder whether there's a personal application here. Yeah. Not just Joseph, the story of Joseph, yeah. wonderful as it is. How does it apply to us in 2023? Yeah. Sometimes you have to stand alone Beautiful. for issues. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair to Joseph, it, perhaps he wasn't like as if though he was going, he knew that that what he was doing was going to ultimately lead his brothers to do what he did. I believe, like you said, you know, earlier, Brendan, that, you know, he was, he may have been, Labeled as, you know, uh, someone that was kind of just, you know, 
like a goody two shoes and those things you were saying, but but he was he was genuine. He I believe he he, he, was. he perhaps when he was telling things to his his father Isaac, uh, particularly about these yeah, dreams he had. Yeah, it wasn't as if that. Yeah, the dream aspect. The dreams we must forget the dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. to some degree it um, it just shows that he had a he had a heart that. You know, he was genuinely worried about his brother. Well, that's the way at least I see it. It's not like he was he was out vindictive or trying to really, you know, really they just... Were, they were vindictive. They were the ones. But yeah. he was not vindictive. And then you get the situation with Mrs. Potiphar. Well, I think everyone knows the story there. The next thing we find, poor old Joseph ends up in jail. So he's gone from pampered son yeah. to slave to head of, Pharaoh, uh, head of Potiphar's household. Overseer, in other words, now he's gone to being a prisoner for something again that he hasn't done. And if you think of his philosophy, his philosophy would have come from his grandfather, Isaac, yeah. his father, Jacob, and the philosophy would have been, we know from past experience, son, that those who do good, God looks after them. Yeah. Praise the God. good inherit the, inherit the earth, so to speak. The wicked, they get their just reward. This has turned on its head in his yeah. case. For standing for right, for doing good, everything seems to be going yeah. wrong. Each time he stands for principle, each time he stands for God, the situation yep. gets worse. Yeah. This is Job. Job 2.0. <laughs> from, from, <laughs> <laughs> it's Job from a different yeah. angle. Yep. I mean, um, there's no mention of Joseph having boils, being covered in yeah. boils. There's no mention of, of the, for all practical purposes, he had lost his family. As far as he was concerned, he was never going to see yeah. him again. Yeah. But God had That's bigger things for him. And this is why the Bible repeatedly in uh, Genesis 39, and when he goes into prison, again it says, the Bible says, and God was with him. So that the prison, shall we say the prison, what do they call them these days? Person in charge of a prison. Warden. Prison warden. Or prison um, guard. Yeah, the prison director yep. had such confidence in him that he put him in charge of all the prisoners. Yep. So he's gone from being in charge of all the slaves and all the servants in Potiphar's yeah. household. He himself is now a prisoner, and he's in charge of all the prisoners. But what is God doing? God is leading him through successive experiences. Yeah. And what is the witness? The witness is pretty clear. Potiphar could see that God was with him. That's why he put him in charge of everything. Uh, the prison um, official, uh, the governor, we'll call him, that's the word. The yeah, governor. Prison yeah. governor. The, the governor of the prison could see again that God was with this young man and he puts him in charge of all the prisoners. Now, these are not the, the local riffraff that are there for rape, murder and whatever. These are probably political prisoners. They're probably prisoners that Pharaoh has right. they've fallen out with Pharaoh or Pharaoh's officials and they're in prison. So God is progressively leading him to what we'll get to after the break. Wow. <laughs> love love what you're sharing, Brendan. Um, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back in just a couple of moments. But um, hey, uh, to you, our, our loyal listeners out there, we want to promote this free book offer, a wonderful book on prayer that I guarantee that it will absolutely bless you as you spend time it's reading it. The book, book. isn't called, it's titled The Incredible Power of Prayer by Roger Morneau. And in this book, Roger shares his most powerful stories, um, talking about the power of God, seeing patience 
um, dying in a hospital, getting well, uh, miracle after miracle. Hey, if you want a free copy of this book, I want to encourage you to text the code here into the studio, SA134, to our number 04888-80811. The code again, SA134 to 04888-80811. And... Uh, Follow the prompts of our friendly bot, Hudson, (laughs) and uh, we will get that book out to you as soon as we can. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God Born of His Spirit Washed in His blood This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior Song. Praising 
Blessed Assurance by Anna Weatherup. Uh, man, she's a talented artist. I, I love is. listening to her yep. her content. Um, so, hey, we are on the tail end of our program here, Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A, live from our studio here in South Australia. Hey, it's so good to see some of the book offers coming through. We yes. got Joe that's um, requested a book offer. Shout out to you, Joe. Also to Carmel. Thank you, Carmel, for tuning in and get, getting in the book offer. And David as well. And uh, we want to thank you guys uh, for tuning in and um, getting asking for a book offer. Hey, I just want to say something as well, Pastor Brennan. We actually have put in, we want the book ourselves as well, <laughs> just to show you how, how exciting this book is. And uh, just to be fair with you, I have known of this particular pastor. I've heard of his book, but I've never quite had my own copy, Brendan. So here it is. There's no time like the present, as they say. <laughs> well, I've got one of his books called uh, More Incredible Answers to Prayer. So it's almost like a follow-up, is he, it? He's yeah. ri- written additional ones. The ones that we're offering on air today is one thing, yep. but if people want other books, there's one called Incredible Answers to Prayer yep. and, uh, shall we say, a sequel, which is called More Incredible Oh, that's right, because this one is entitled The Incredible yes. Power of Prayer. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yep. so I get you. So, so the other one's called... Incredible Answers yep. to Prayer and More Incredible yep. Answers to Prayer. Yep. I've got both, I think. I think I've got Incredible Answers to Prayer and oh, so More can, Incredible yeah. Answers to right. Prayer. And they're books that once you start reading them, you won't put them down. Yep. So to Joe, Carmel, Dave and the others, um, we know that you'll be in for a treat as you uh, receive your free copy. And thanks for tuning in today. Hey, um, Brenton, we're on the last uh, couple of minutes in our we're program. On the last couple of minutes. We're kind of um, just plowing through. I'll try and summarize the it. story of Joseph. Um, <laughs> any couple more uh, final uh, points there? On we, you talked about the family dynamic. Yeah. Now he's in prison. Um, walk us through kind of what happens afterwards. Yep. He's been. He's in the jail. Potiphar's yep. servant, so to speak. Yeah. And you're kind of highlighting that he was even faithful there. Yes, he was uh, faithful there. Uh, Pharaoh's butler and baker, I think most people know the story, had dreams. They were prisoners. They'd been placed in there by Pharaoh. He interpreted their dreams. The dreams came true. And he said to the butler, who was to be restored to Pharaoh's favour, he said, when you get back to court, please remember me. I'm not meant to be here. Yeah. I haven't done anything wrong. And for two full years, he forgets him. And then Pharaoh has a dream. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, its um, I don't think it was coincidence. I think God prevented him from remembering Joseph's yeah. plight for two years. And he says, hey, I know a guy who can interpret your dreams. When we were in prison, when you put myself and the chief baker in prison, uh, we both had dreams. And Joseph interpreted those dreams, yeah. and uh, they came true. So Pharaoh says, get him in here, quick. <laughs> so he came and interpreted the dreams. It's interesting because at the end of it, he says there is going to be seven years of plenty, and there's going to be seven years of famine. Now, Pharaoh, this is my advice. Appoint somebody to put aside a portion of food every year during the seven years of plenty so that we've got sufficient uh, grain and sufficient stores of food when the years of famine come. Little did he know, uh, Joseph that is, that he was not only going to save the lives of the Egyptians, he was also going to save the lives of his own family. So to, to in summary, Pharaoh makes him second in charge. Just think about this for a minute. He's gone from a slave in the household of Potiphar to the prime minister of Egypt. And Pharaoh says, 
no one will lift a leg without your say-so, so to speak. I am Pharaoh and no one will do anything in the kingdom except as you speak. And so his brothers eventually, because of the famine, come down and uh, he tests them in various ways. I think most people know the story of Joseph reasonably well. But yeah. even here, Pharaoh says, and it's rather interesting, he says, who, who can we find who has the spirit of God in them? That's another example of witness. So Joseph's witness is so powerful, he's gone from home to slave to prison to prime minister of Egypt and Pharaoh, a heathen monarch who in their culture was God, yeah. Pharaohs were considered to be God, he's acknowledging the true God. What greater witness is there of that? <clears throat> His brothers come down in chapter 45 three times. Chapter 45, verse 5, verse 6, verse 8, it says, Joseph says to his brothers when he finally reveals himself to them, he says, <clears throat> stop beating up on yourself. You didn't send me here. God sent me here. Yeah. Three times in four verses he says this. So stop beating up on yourselves. Stop being angry with yourselves. God sent me here to save life. And he said, I'm, I'm almost considered to be God to Pharaoh and his household. So the first witness for this week, be his witness. Here's a young man who had to do it solo without any support base, without anyone back at the yep. church praying for him, uh, without any special prayer meetings. Let's all pray for Joseph. He's doing it tough in prison over there in Egypt. He's doing all of this solo. And he's doing it solo because his trust in God, despite the evidences that yep. would suggest that the more good you do, the worse you suffer, He's still willing to trust God. God will yeah, see amen. to it. So I guess in summary we could say this. Solo witnessing, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but I am telling you that if you study your Bible for yourself, you'll find solo witnessing often is the most effective. Yeah. But it depends on a strong relationship with the Lord. So you can't be his witness if you don't have a strong relationship yeah. with the Lord. Praise I, God. I think that's probably a good place yeah. for us to stop yeah. for tonight. So, Brenton, we're going to have to um, just stop there. Um, just want to encourage our listeners out there. I uh, want to thank you for tuning in today. But, hey, as we said at the top of the show, um, we're actually going through what we call in our, our church the week of prayer. And yes. essentially where all Adventist churches across the country, across the globe, actually, are reading these very readings, uh, dealing with uh, Be His Witness. So uh, we want to invite you to... Tune in. Hey, if you're driving home, hey, make it, make it an appointment with, to meet with us uh, and our team. Five yes. o'clock uh, yes. live South Australian time Absolutely. every day for the rest of the week. Yep. And our, our team are going to unpack uh, different, different biblical characters. And so, um, if you missed the book offer, tune in again tomorrow and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Hey, um, we only got a couple of minutes, uh, Pastor Brennan, but Brennan, I just, I'm just kind of looking at the reading and there's a question I, I want to kind of throw to you before we close. Um, there's Let's three of them, it. but just the first one. For our <laughs> listeners out there, and you know, they contemplate this idea, their context, their home situation, their their work situation. Um, they might be going through a bit of a scenario like Joseph to some degree. Mm, Things aren't – our lives are complicated. And um, the call from Joseph is, hey, be faithful. I'm just wondering, the last minute or two we got, uh, Brendan – what would you say to this person? How can they, our listeners, be a witness where they are right now? What, what would you say to that listener that's tuning in tonight? 
That's How can a, they be a witness? That's a very good question. I would say it depends totally on your relationship with the Lord. If you don't have a strong relationship with the Lord, the devil will grind you down. He will use so other people. He will use your family. He will use your workmates. He will use your uni um, associates, your sporting contacts, anything that will take you away from the Lord. One thing you've got to say about Joseph, and this may help those who are struggling in this area. Yes, he seems to be doing it solo, but it's just him and God. So his relationship to God can go one of two ways. He can throw it all in or he can say, I'm going to stick with it because God is with me. Amen. And uh, I think if you're going through a difficult time in your house and you're having to do this solo, just remember the story of Joseph. Amen. He stuck with it and God saw to it. Amen. Hey, Pastor Brennan, thank you so much for sharing with our listeners tonight. And to you, our lovely listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Please, um, we just want to remind you that we're continuing this theme for the rest of the week. Please join our host tomorrow. Put in Pastors, Put in for the book, yes. And our presenters, Pastors uh, Ricardo and Pastor Marty, they're going to be looking at the question, witnessing in the court of kings. And so I know that you'll be super blessed to hear uh, Ricardo and Marty tomorrow. So we'd love to have you join in on the show as well. Until then, we always like to leave you with the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the Gospel of John. He says to us tonight, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May God richly bless you, everybody, and we'll see you next time.